The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. everyone this is spin the rally pod it's our post rally croatia podcast uh, and yeah i'm colin clark and joining me for this podcast it's our resident team boss george donaldson george good evening if only i was still a team boss boss uh, colin that would be fabulous but good evening and uh, the, the pleasure of not being a team boss allows me to be here with you well, do you know, George, I kind of treat it the same way as they treat presidents of the United States. You know, once oh, a president, that's a always heck a president. Of a thing. Wow. <laughs> wow. I had no idea that this is it. But anyway, we'll have to push on tonight because I've obviously got to watch Dirtfish Live Centre because we're just moving into the second day of, of, the, uh, the, of the Olympus rally uh, there in Washington State. And, and actually, more exciting than even the the American Rally Championship. Sorry, American Rally Championship, but but Mr. Semenuk, you're 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 doing too good a job. But the 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 uh, the club rally associated with it, you know, the regional rally associated with it, it's filled with friends of mine now. I have to say, even though some of them don't even know me, I, I know their names and I'm following them on this event. And there's a guy there with a Ferrari engined Subaru WRX which just sounds like a Stratos with an extra two cylinders because it's a V8. It is fantastic. He had an an ignominious start, but otherwise brilliant. Anyway, sorry. So enough of the digression to to, uh, to our (laughs) our brothers and sisters across the the pond. Uh, What an exciting rally. Thank you guys for all the work following it. Well, I tell you what, Josh, before we go into the rally, I'm also going to introduce... Our award-winning young journalist, Luke Barry. Luke, good evening. A long time since I saw you last. <laughs> Very long time, just a couple of minutes ago. Colin and I, for uh, full disclosure, are in separate rooms of the Airbnb we've got for the weekend in Croatia. But to have George on the line, this is the way to do it. We're recording as if we were apart, so it's a bit bizarre. I can hear him through the wall um, and also through the internet yeah. on a slight lag. So it's confusing my brain, but all good. We will soldier yeah. on. And hello, George. Thanks for being here with us. Good evening. A great weekend from you, you guys again. And I know you've got your cameraman there in the background, Elliot. Um, I, I, I managed to spend some time with the whole team, of course, in Mexico. So I'm missing you all dreadfully and looking forward to getting together again in Kenya. Two two events time, isn't it? Is that two events or three we, events? Oh, three three events, I think, George. I think we've got, uh, we've got Portugal, Portugal next, then Sardinia, and then we go back right. to Kenya. Okay. But folks... Yeah, listen, before we, we get into this podcast, a, a massive thank you to everyone, to all to all of you out there who responded to our our last podcast, our tribute to Craig Breen. It was all very difficult for all of us, um, but the response was wonderful. Um, so thank you all very much for that. I, I have to say, uh, you know, once the rally started, we tried to focus, everyone tried to focus on the rally here in Croatia, but there were some wonderfully... Uh, appropriate tributes to Craig all weekend, right through the weekend uh, here in Croatia. And uh, yeah, he was very much in our hearts and our minds all weekend. And he always will be, that's absolutely for sure. But uh, getting down to the sporting aspect of it, George, what did you make of Rally Croatia? We've only had two previous editions. This is the third edition of Rally Croatia. It's building quite a reputation for itself. Well, uh, your your roundup uh, kind of said it all. This is not a flat out blast. You cannot sustain this rally. This rally will not sustain somebody taking chances on every corner, and uh, and and the one that judged it just perfectly was Elf and Evans. Now I have watched poor Thierry's um, uh, little uh, wheel removal exercise. Um, but I mean, and, and in fairness to the guy, you know, as I mean, he's really edgy. I mean, I watched him the, the several kilometers before that, and he's edgy, but very safe and no moments. But he's edgy. He's really pushing it, and he's not got a huge amount in reserve. But then, 
the the corner it's very very tight and a lot of unseen corners and then he comes to that sweeping right hander that's this that's that tightens a little bit i suspect and and as you're coming to as you come out the previous corner probably a hundred plus meters away you can see that corner all the way down to it. you're sort of dipping down in a parabola so you get a view at it you can see it so he can judge it really really well and obviously it was just a little bit dusty and it, I think he just locked up maybe the two outside wheels or the two inside wheels probably that were going a bit light and that just pushed him ever so slightly out and his expression I've, I've watched his uh, his face in the pictures there's there's two forward views and his face and and the guy's you know, just working it the whole time, but but expressionless. You know, it didn't give him a fright. He came down, he braked. Oh crap! And then he worked it, and you know, it was over in a in a very very short space of time. As usual, I've watched these things about uh, five or six times, and uh, the guy just uh, you know looks to see, am I going to get away with this? No, I'm not. God save us! You can see it, and he knew as soon as he'd hit it. Of course, it was it was finished. He did try a gear after he'd stopped, but only after being. Uh, jogged into it by his co-driver but he knew damn well the wheel was clean off it um so you know you, you've got to just you've got to you've got to call it you, you've got super rally you get back into it um but that was that was harsh but you know you 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 can get away with most of it most of the time but not all of it all of the time and i think that's i mean that, that and maybe you know in, in fairness to elf and i think he just just did it perfectly and he succumbed to pressures on a number of occasions. He was must have been very tempted to follow Thierry because he, you know, he, he closed the gap and it opened again. Um, he played his game one hundred percent his way, and that's what we've talked about over the last year and a half. Certainly, the last twelve months, we've talked about the fact: play your own game, play it, and it will come to you. This one did. He did a great job on it. <clears throat> he really did. We'll come back to Hyundai and and to Thierry Neuville because. You know, there are more factors that play into that off that he had, and we'll discuss those shortly. But look, I had a chat with Scott Martin at the end of the event, and, and he said that basically Elvin has learned from last year. He's, he's learned you know, when to pick his moments. You know, his, his decision-making has become a lot more focused, and he realises you know, that, that taking risks, it, it's not a way to win a championship. You know, and the patience that's required to build his pace back up is something that you know you've got to learn patience you've got to learn how how to use the patience well how to you know how to employ it and then to wait and bide your time and that's exactly what Elfman is doing this year he isn't over pushing he isn't picking the moments that are wrong to push and then making mistakes and losing everything he is just accepting if this is what it is this is what it is I'll do what I can to get through this rally and it's coming it's slowly coming to him and um, it's been a long time, Luke, hasn't it? But but it was a well-deserved victory. Yeah, I, I'd agree. In a way, actually, there's not too much I can, <laughs> I can add to that, Colin. That was a, almost a very good monologue. But it's interesting to hear Sorry. Scott. No, all good. It was actually all a question, good. Luke. But you're right, questions <laughs> become monologues from me. I'm very sorry. <laughs> but it, it is interesting to hear that Scott Martin said that actually that obviously we know co-drivers actually know more about drivers almost than the drivers do themselves they're right there to monitor everything that, that goes on but I, I completely agree with him who am I to disagree with Scotty but it is the way he's driven this year I think Sweden was as maybe the only event where he wasn't quite where he maybe want to be but otherwise he's actually had a very fantastic year and it has been patient he has built it up and he hasn't it's like th this weekend is the perfect example. He wasn't ever really the fastest driver, but that didn't matter. The whole point with, with this rally is not making mistakes and falling into the traps that others maybe did. So, yeah, I have to say it was a, it was a really popular victory, I think. It was well-deserved. We know, and he's played it down a lot to us, and we've asked him about how much do you want to win, how important is it to win, all this sort of stuff. And it's an obvious question for us to sort of come at him with. But I think he will notice a big difference when he goes to Portugal now, just knowing having the belief again in himself that, yes, he can do it. And I don't think he ever lost it, but just knowing that he's there. Because we all know the struggles he had, particularly at the beginning of last year with the Rally 1 card, and then losing his consistency card. And that's always been his strength, isn't it? Evans has always been very, very good at just mopping up consistent points and building up a championship challenge, which he's doing, and he now heads the championship. But do you think, Luke, that there is improvement in terms of his understanding of that rally one car understanding of how to get the best out of that rally one car 
for me, there's still a lot to come from Elvin. I think he is still struggling a little bit to get to grips with it. And, and when he does get to grips with it, with this newfound, if you like, understanding of what he has to do in the meantime, he could be a real potent force. But do you think he's still, still really battling that car? I think potentially. But in all fairness, I think the only driver at the minute that isn't battling the car is Sebastian Ogier. I think you could definitely look at Thierry Neuville and, and there's, there's clearly things, particularly on tarmac, it seems that he's not quite happy with. We all know about Oik Tanak and his adaption to the Ford Puma. And Calirov and Perra doesn't look anywhere near, as, uh, near sorry, as comfortable in the Toyota as he did last year. So Evans, I think, where last year he maybe stuck out, st- stuck out, sorry, I'm messing my words up, but he stuck out a, a little day. bit last year. It is a very long day, <laughs> long weekend. Um, but yeah, he, he's maybe stood out a little bit last year with his struggle to maybe adjust from the World Rally Car to Rally 1. But now... I think if he is struggling, I don't think he's alone in that. I think pretty much everybody is really struggling to, to fine-tune and, and find the optimum setup for, for every rally. And we've talked about it a lot this weekend in all of our coverage, but a lot of that stems down to, A, the, the lack of tools they have available compared to before, mainly no active centre diff. And secondly, the reduced, again, the reduction in testing, it gives them less ch- chance and less time to get themselves dialled in. And if, if the test goes wrong, you're locked into your differential settings and everything else like that. So you're kind of a bit stuck by the time you get yeah. to a rally. I've gone on a bit of a tangent there. But I think no, 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 it's, it's, no, it's look, interesting point, George, these, George these, for you. These cars are the same but, as last year, aren't they? Yeah, but... Just, but, just a yeah, development. George, but I, so, it's a development, I mean, but I don't think anyone fully got to grips last year, George. And I was going to ask you, you know, have you seen this before? Because Luke's absolutely right. There was only one driver who was comfortable this weekend. And you can look back through the last however many rallies with these Rally 1 cars... And it's, it's a very similar pattern. You know, it's, it's finding and holding that confidence in the car. No one other than Ogier and, and, and maybe Robin Perra last year, but maybe not even for the whole of last year. No one's managed to do that. Um, why is that, George? Okay, well, uh, well oh, this, this, is, this, this can get me unpopular, so here we go. So, right, um, there's no drivers listen to this podcast, is there? I mean, they'll never hear what I say, Let, let's be honest. Um, uh, let's they all hope. Um, They all listen, <laughs> oh my God. Right, so uh, I think the bottom line is, um, uh, Sebastian Ogier is very, very straightforward, um, and... Uh, he is not a delicate flower in terms of his approach at all. You know, it's very, very straightforward. Um, quite clearly, Ott has me confused this year. Ott used to be very, very straightforward, and he's not now. He's now really seeking. I mean, and I know it's because we're trying to get to a new limit, and the limit always, every year the limit moves out and it becomes a bit finer, a bit harder to get to. And, and the drivers are looking for more from their car. And, and you know, look, as you said, they, you know, they, they don't have those extra um, uh, technical technicalities on the car that they can adjust. I know you've called them tools. I, I, I can't do that. But um, they, Sorry, they don't George. have that. Sorry they don't have those. That, that was a no, bad no, that's okay. No, no, <laughs> I, you used it earlier in the weekend, and I, I sort of get it. But but for me, there's just there's lovely technicalities on the car that they could have. They, they used to be able to adjust. They got used to the cars last year. Now they're having to push harder, again, you know, to try and get that edge, and and they're not able to get those refinements into the car that they used to be able to get. And we see Ott being, well, for want of a better expression, he's unbalanced by it a little bit. You know, he came with the Ford, obviously expected to slot straight into it. Well, I mean, that's that's not fair. I don't mean that to sound like he was just expecting it to be gifted to him. Far from it. The man's a worker. Um, and he's a, he's a good good technical guy. But, uh, you know, the, the, the teams don't have the flexibility and the ability to re-engineer the cars to that fine degree you know you you can only just change a few diff ramp settings maybe a little bit of preload on the diffs um well and that's just front and rear remember it's a locked center diff um so you, you've lost that active center diff which is the big one for adjusting the dynamic of the car between that and the, and the other settings you can do almost everything else so you can obviously adjust the geometry you can play with that until the cows come home 
as long as you stay within the kinematic package limitations. If you start to push it to the envelope there, thinking you're going to find something special, and you do, you've probably actually made the car slower, which is a, a risk. But the, the engineers understand that, and they, they, they should all know how to keep it steer, how to steer you clear of it. So um, Sebastian knows you. It'll be no different for him, but he just accepts it. That's what I've got, and he adapts himself to that. Whereas the drivers have been used to being That's able to Josh. lean into the car a little bit, and they're not uh, able Josh, to do that, that now. Can I interrupt you there, Josh? Because just as you were saying that, I was thinking, thinking to myself, before you mentioned Ogier, as you were making your point very well, I was thinking, are the drivers just going to have to accept that this is the new reality? And then you said that Ogier accepts it. Are, are all the other drivers going to have to accept it and perhaps look at other ways Changing their driving style, whatever well, it might be, changing let, their approach, their yeah, strategies. Let, let, let's, let's look at that. I mean, so these cars are simpler, more straightforward than the previous iteration of World Rally Car. Um, who was one of the most sensitive drivers? So he would do all these tests, he would do everything perfectly, be very, very happy at the end of the test, come to the first day of the rally, the first morning, the car's hopeless. It's so far away, I can't drive it. <laughs> Loses 30 seconds, goes, goes away in the afternoon, comes out, and he's fastest in the rally. And, you know, he'll end up winning the rally by 15 seconds. Pull 45 seconds out of everyone. Thierry Neuville. Yeah. Now, that that undoubtedly was, you know, the car was adjusted to to suit his, his requirement, his state of mind, his how he was approaching the rally. You know, was he approaching in an edgier fashion? Was he able to push? Was he in just the right, the right mode, the right channel? to be able to push that car so they could just tune the car into that. Almost impossible to know how Terry's, Terry's going to... Is he going to go into this tentatively or is he going to really attack it? And those those small adjustments made a huge difference to, to, to Thierry. And once you did that, once you fixed them at lunchtime on the first day, uh, he was unstoppable. You know, he, he never looked back. It was incredible. It was the most phenomenal performance performances repeatedly on some many events. Uh, Ot Tanak, he he would he would get his car set up on a test, probably exactly how he wanted it, and he never used to complain about his car much at all. He just drove. He was another one that just drove, did exactly what um, really on, on apparently did exactly what Sebastian Ogier did. Um, I mean, I've not really analysed out all the other drivers, although I could I could speculate about it loosely here, but I'd rather not. Uh, but 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 just those three drivers I've mentioned right now, the the all with a slightly different approach. Seb is just getting on with it because he said, well, this is what we've got and we're doing it. Ott is wanting more from the car. He wants the car to get to where he is and then he'll just drive it. And and we see flashes of that where where he, he, he feels that the car quite clearly is not right, but he's prepared to push for it. But he, he can't be confident enough. He knows and, and he alludes to this, but he never quite says it, but I'm quite sure it's what he's meaning. I can push this car and get fastest times for a limited period of time. But I know I'll not get... Because I'm taking risks that I wouldn't normally take to get it there, because the car's not quite doing what I expect it to do, so it might bite me back. And he knows that, so he's rocking around. Ott's drive on this rally was remarkable, especially when you consider that. He, he had a car that really wasn't doing what he wanted, to him, and, and and you know that's real. That's as real as as we're all sitting here talking. You know, it, it's not an imaginary thing. It, it it's it's a feel. It's a it's a perspective. It's it's absolutely real because what those guys are doing out there, Ott, Seb, Elfin, Thierry, you know, um, Esapeka, everybody. It's pretty well magic what they're doing, and and if they're not just in that exact like exactly perfect groove they they can push it out but but they are taking chances um really? but yeah but yeah, by, no, by I, way I, by dint of yeah. that we saw we saw we saw um sebastian Ogier on the last stage taking phenomenal chances and i mean there was mm. two or three times where i thought he'd really lost it i mean obviously well, he had the spin on the that, second George. last stage he, he did but, he did explain that he did explain that to us you might not have heard him explaining that uh, he went with obviously two hards, two softs, and he went, I think it was two hards at the front, two softs at the rear, which he's never really done before. And he said it, it was completely, completely the wrong <laughs> thing to do. Um, and we saw that. We, he said it was yeah. you, the car, he said there were too many moments for my liking. 
I yes. think was his well, quote. Well, it was phenomenal. But, but I mean, let's go back. He, let's he, go tra- back. He, he traded on his luck there without a doubt. He did. He really did. He really did. Uh, look, let's go back a little bit to, to Oik Tanak because the point that George was making there was a, a really interesting one about how uh, your, the issues he feels he's got with the car are very real because I would say Friday was tricky for him. Friday was tricky and Friday was kind of what we've expected this year from Oik Tanak and that he wasn't happy but he stuck with it and he wasn't a million miles away. Saturday, Luke, was almost as close. He came close at one point mm, to absolutely. actually saying, this car is good. This car is good. He came close to it, didn't he? And it was like, whoa. But then it all went wrong two stages later um, when, when there was a, some sort of reliability issue. But it's not a million miles away. No, and I guess that, I guess that probably almost highlights the sort of fragility. I could definitely give a better word than that but it's struggling at the minute with my tired brain. <laughs> but the Rally 1 cars are just it's so difficult to find the sweet spot. Whatever happened or whatever he changed overnight, whatever worked in the stages for Saturday, clearly worked. Because as you say, he was it was coming back to him effortlessly. He was able to drive it, and it was just giving him what he needed. And I have to say, it was one of those. Elvin obviously took the lead when, when Thierry had his moment at the end of the morning. And it looked like it was quite a healthy advantage. It was over 20 seconds. But then Tanak was just chipping massive amounts of of, uh, of time out of Evans's lead. And it looked like it was going to be a massive sort of grandstand finish towards the end. But then obviously he, he had this, we think it was hydraulics, it was something went wrong. Handbrake. And it just cost he mentioned him. the handbrake. Well, handbrake, yeah. But I think it was hydraulics, George. It was, it was, well, it but, might be, it might just, be that just, when just he pulled the handbrake, it didn't, it didn't unlock the rear diff, I suspect. that There's, right. there's not that much hydraulics yeah. in there. So the, the, exactly. you pull the handbrake, it's meant, to, it's meant to release the rear diff. And if it didn't do it, it means he wouldn't get much of a bite at the handbrake to, to, to balance the car. He would have to actually do it more aggressively. Uh, which would have cost them a fair bit of time on, on hairpins. Yeah, absolutely. But to, to put that, that charge of Tanax into perspective, he started Saturday 30 seconds off the lead. 30, well, just, just around about 30 seconds off the lead. Um, by, what, six stages in on Saturday, the lead was down to 10 seconds. So he was absolutely flying. He was flying Tanax. And, and I think that kind of bodes well. It really does bode well. It means that the car is nudging in the right direction in terms of his feeling within that car. And it can't be too far off. Okay, as you said, George, they are limited M-Sport in what they can do um, with the package that they've got. They have jokers that they can play for maybe some major changes to the homologation. But in terms of the homologation-free changes, they are getting there. They're clearly getting there. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think Malcolm said it all. He said, look, there's nothing actually wrong with the car. And, and yes. Ott, Ott doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with the car. Unfortunately, the way he says it, it sounds like it, which is, I, I feel, I, I, I generally, you know how I always come down on the side of a team. My heritage sits there quite strongly. Um, and and it, it does come down quite hard on the team, some of the comments. But Malcolm did did say um, on, on the last event that, that actually, you know, we're just looking for fractions here just to get the car to Ott's liking. There's nothing wrong with it. It's working really, really well. Quite clearly, and, and and do you know what? I mean, I remember writing a piece after Monte Carlo saying, "You know, Oit Tanak, if it takes them three or four rallies, you know, he just has to score fourth, fifth place in in each of the first three or four rallies of the year, and just have a chance of clinging on to the coattails of those at the top of the championship." Well, he's far exceeded that. He's far exceeded that. You know, oh, he's right so there close. or thereabouts. It's so close. Have we, have we, I mean, so I think in, in, recent, in recent memory, I mean, we, we now have five drivers within 11 points um, of each other. You know, none of these guys have fallen massively by the wayside. Obviously, you know, Ott had that terrible event in Mexico, but, you know, there he is. Uh, what, what's Ott? Ott is four points behind the lead. Amazing. Amazing. It's Thierry obviously had a terrible event here, and and uh, and he's and he's eleven points behind. You know, it's not not a bad not a bad position at all, and very three, very fixable. Three Toyotas fixed, uh, split by one point as well. I think is quite incredible at the top of the championship. If I could just quickly add, though, just quickly just quickly on Tanak, I think there is there are two ways to look at this. There's the the glass half full view that it's really really encouraging that he's this 
close and this competitive when things clearly aren't perfect. The glass half empty way to look at it is I have a feeling if it wasn't for the reliability problem on Saturday, Tanak would have won this rally. And yes, it's probably too early in the season to start considering sort of lost points in, in two major away, but M Sports car for whatever reason, doesn't seem to be quite as reliable as Hyundai's and Toyota's. I think the only, uh, correct me if I'm wrong with this, but I don't think Tanak had any sort of mechanical reliability issues or concerns in Sweden, and he won it. The rest of the rallies, he's had something that's sort of upset his rhythm. So clearly you can see the potential is there. But if these little niggles can't get ironed out, it could potentially become quite costly, particularly if Tanak then finds himself in a much sort of happier window with the car in general. Yeah, that would be that would be a major tragedy if uh, if if they don't address those at the same pace as they're getting, getting to the spec of car that uh, that Ott wants. Because yeah, that would be that would be a major concern. And quite clearly, the way the championship's going this year, um, is that th- those are the things. You know, we often say that a point here and there, a driver not pushing for a power stage can sometimes win or lose you a championship. Never been truer than this year. My goodness. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. Uh, Talking about sure. that, Josh, and we, we will come on to Hyundai. Uh, a little discussion that we had in the car this morning. It was in relation to a comment that Yanni Matty made last night in the media zone. Uh, and he, he was talking about team orders and the fact that Toyota really have never issued team orders. And you know, the question was raised about the situation between Cali Rovenpera and Sebastian Ogier. At this point, Ogier was in front of Rovenpera. You know, the question to Latvala was, will you swap them around? Makes a huge amount of sense in my view. You know, obviously, Ogier is out of the fight here. We're not talking about a battle for the win. We're talking about a battle for fourth place between two Toyotas. Swap them around. As you've just said, at the end of the year, points might matter. Now, here's something that Latvala said, and, and you know, it, it concerned me a touch. He said, as a driver, he said, the call I hated the most was that call... You know, when I'm out in the car, the rally's on, that says to me, you know, you have to swap positions with uh, your teammates. I hated that, so I'll never do that. We had this debate this morning where I said, I actually think that's a weakness. I think it's one of Latvala's... Latvala doesn't have many weaknesses, but I think it's a weakness. I think as a team boss, you have to be a little bit more ruthless than that. I would take it with a pinch of salt, Colin, because I think when push comes to shove, they will have the chat. But the way they'll do it in that team is that they will, because they all sit together and they all chat, you know, and they all understand the reality. Now, this is not a championship year for Seb Ogier yet. Um, and he keeps, he has absolutely promised us it won't be. Now, now, uh, we jokingly Seb, said he might come back today. That was interesting. No, but it was the first sign that he actually was. Yeah. Yeah. I know, as you yeah. say, it was a joke, but it was, it was I mean, interesting. It, I, I didn't think makes, it was interesting. I think, I think it's absolutely daft that he doesn't, but, but, but um, I also respect the fact that he wants to live a life. And, you know, you know the events of the last, uh, the last um, ten, 10 days just, just make you realise that. that that's you know maybe the right thing to do you know just think a little bit about about the other things you want to do uh, because the, the most stupid things can happen uh, the most unexpected silly things can 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 end it all and 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 so anyway the, my my point being is I didn't for one minute when I when I heard that question being asked I must have been looking at it on I guess your 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 um, your roundup at the end of the day um, the. The, the bottom line was that I, I said to myself, well, there is no way that Seb Ogier is going to fight um, young Cali for that position. He'll, if, if Cali makes a decent effort for it, he'll, he'll, he'll let it go to him. He, he, won't, he won't fight tooth and nail for it. He'll fight, he'll make him work for it, but he won't stand in his way. And you wouldn't do that in a team where your teammates, where you're actually thriving for a certain goal, you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't even have to be asked. There is no point in me, for, for him career-wise, a fourth or a fifth place makes no difference. The win makes a difference. The fourth or fifth makes no difference at all. Championship-wise, well, he's maybe just going to keep a wee option open, but even that, it's not a big enough difference that he wouldn't be confident enough to think, well, if I do come back, I can snag it anyway. That's a slightly arrogant thought that we will not force on Seb in reality. 
But I had I had no doubt that within that team they would do it. And that further iterated when when the the stage end reporter on the penultimate stage said, you know, will you be, are you just going to call it that or are you going to go for the power stage point? And Seb said, he said, I have a job here, uh, championship points for the manufacturers. That's my job. So, you know, the, the, make no mistake, he understands. I mean, he might be a part-time driver, but he's on a mission to work ah, for the team. The and, team. And, that's, George, and that's that was, pure that was exactly my argument. When we had that conversation in the car this morning, look, it was exactly my argument. You know, Lab Valet is probably right that he doesn't want to make that call. But he doesn't have to make that call. He doesn't have Ogier, to. Yeah. Ogier knows. Ogier knows the right thing to do in these circumstances. All, and he doesn't really give a professional about fourth you know? place. They're yeah. all professionals. Yeah. No, they're all paid phenomenally well. They shouldn't have to be asked to do the right thing. Absolutely. And, and, Absolutely. and Uwe, Uwe Anderson, my boss when I was at Toyota, the man that started Toyota and rallying in 1973, uh, he was my boss through... All my time at Toyota, which was from 1985 until to the end of 2000, the, the, the first year of the, the build-up year for Formula One, we never imposed team orders, but we did, we did occasionally make the drivers do the right thing. Which was not team orders, but because there was a discussion, there was a discussion, there was a discussion about it with everyone, you know. Yeah. I, I didn't yeah. always agree with the way it was done, but it was it was quite clearly said. That's the stage where this will be decided, and and that's the result we're having, guys. You know, and right. and, and that's, that's fair that's enough. They still orders. they still had a, they still had a they still had a go at it. Yeah. It's not team orders. Good stuff. No, okay, yeah. fair enough, George. You know, it's not team mm. orders. Uh, let, boys, we haven't talked about about Hyundai, uh, and we will talk about Hyundai because the most difficult of weekends for Hyundai. Um, George, you know, you're one of the most experienced men in the world of rallying, and I don't suppose you've ever had to deal with this set of circumstances. I have to give all credit to Hyundai, the dignity that they showed this weekend, the fact that they you know, knuckled down and managed to get on with it when they had to. Uh, the respect that they showed to Craig, the love that they showed to Craig was just quite remarkable. It was quite a remarkable team effort under the most... Difficult of circumstances, George. Well, ab absolutely. You know, there'll be so many people in that team will have forged a, a very deep and personal friendship with them because, you know, you're working for the driver, the engineers, the mechanics that work on the car, technicians. You know, every time they go to work on the car, they know they have, you know, the driver's performance and well-being in their hands and it's taken so seriously, so personal, so close to your heart. It's heart-wrenching to think that hap that can happen. And, and they would have been absolutely beside themselves. And, you know, from the outset, you know, they, they were talking about not competing, but then they spoke to the family. They respected everyone's wishes. They said, OK, we'll compete. You know, I think their first thought was to withdraw. And and, and, uh, and that was a lovely, respectful thought in itself. I'm happy to say that that uh, we, we all know that Craig is a competitor and, and I don't think there's really a professional driver amongst us that wouldn't want everything to continue on uh, as a mark as a mark of respect for the competitive element of what we do but it was all respected so as you say Colin so beautifully uh, with a great deal of humility that Toyota behaved so impeccably by saying we understand what's happened here we'll denominate one of our drivers um, also you know as a mark of respect for you know, in the professional sense, and but mostly in the in the personal sense for, for Craig, and and what a wonderful memorial event that was to Craig. Just the reaction of all the teams. The event itself was actually neither here nor there. It was the fact that everybody behaved as they did, behaved with dignity, and you know, in in many cases, you know, we saw drivers finishing that last stage with tears in their eyes. Um, you know, and no comments more poignant than. Uh, than Elfins, of course, on the on the stop line. Um, yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah. You know, just saying yeah. that, that I, I, and I've strived so hard for this. I've worked 18 months to get to this point. Honestly, right now, it means nothing. Yeah, phenomenal. Phenomenal from Elvin. Yeah, we, we had some really, uh, really poignant words over the course of the weekend, but you're right. Uh, those were perhaps the most poignant and the most telling from, from Elvin today. Uh, yeah, what, what an effort from Toyota. And, you know, if we look at one man in Toyota, clearly... You know, Thierry Neuville was on a mission, and we've talked about that. And he was he was fighting the car, pushing the car. He was driven 
by an absolute desire to win this one uh, for Craig. But, you know, that wasn't to be, sadly, this weekend. But enormous credit has to go to Esa Pekalapi because, uh, you know, he'd never been perhaps um, the most comfortable, comfortable driver on tarmac. Thierry goes out, the weight of responsibility to bring home a result for the team, uh, you know, a suitable result for the team is on Esa Pekalapi's shoulders. And my goodness me, did he, did he do a job out there this weekend? I thought he was enormously impressive. Well, I, I think we all probably shared this concern. We didn't really want to voice it at the time that after shakedown, when he came to the end, and he was very, very close to, to crying at, at, at what had happened. And he, he, he uttered the words that every driver deals with the situation that they were all placed under differently. And for him, it was, it was tough. And I think it was tough for everybody. I don't think he was speaking alone there. But he was very visibly struggling to get back in the car. But I think it was the best thing he could have done because, as as you say, it's what Craig would would have wanted to happen. And he he dealt with all of the pressure and all of those difficult emotions stirring around his head brilliantly. Once the rally got underway, you wouldn't have. He was a different man to what we saw on Thursday morning after shakedown. Um, and the event sort of came to him like Elvin. He wasn't necessarily setting the timesheets alight. He did get a stage win on Friday afternoon, but he just did, I think it was aside from maybe a half spin on, the can't remember what day it was, was it today or was it yesterday? Saturday? Yeah, yesterday, exactly. thank you Colin, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, it was just a clean, flawless weekend. And as you said, Colin, tarmac rallies, particularly dirty tarmac rallies, haven't really been a strong point for Lappy, but he just did the job that was required. He, he got the result that, okay, the, the, the dream sort of win would have been through Newville, but he ensured Hyundai was on the podium, which was, Massively important, and I, and I want to echo what you said at the start of all this. I think just for the entire team to, to be here was a massive, massive effort. I, I just cannot imagine how difficult the past week and a half has, has been because it's been tough for us. Um, so <laughs> you've got to imagine how difficult it was for the entire team to, to come and to come and do this. But I'm absolutely so glad they did, and, and the livery they had, even the small things they did, like having Craig's car still there, under, it was almost like a memorial, like a mural for him, and then in the reception desk, the Book of Condolences, and they had a, a big picture of him with one of his famous quotes. It was just, it was really touching. To me, it felt like Craig was, was still with us this weekend, which was which was magical, I have to say. Um, and yeah, Absolutely just thoughts to everybody magical. at High and Die. Just thoughts with them all, because yeah. I suspect it, it will sink in in the next few days, just just what a situation and a whirlwind of emotions they've been through. I absolutely agree. You know, there's no blue book for how you deal with something like this. You know, there really isn't. Um, you know, you do what you think is right, and and not everything that you that you do in these circumstances potentially in the long run you might see as being right. But I have to say, you know, Hyundai did do everything right. Uh, it was quite phenomenal. It was quite phenomenal. It really, really was. Uh, yeah, well done to everyone at Hyundai. Those little touches just really made it for me. The the quotes on the uh, on the the service area that they they put up there. The quotes on the car. Just little touches um, that were just, uh, you know, subtle but beautifully moving and touching and really, really lovely indeed. Um, now, boys, uh, so we, we talked a little bit about the rally at the start of this podcast, um, but let's, let's, we've talked about the teams, we've talked about the results, and once again, many congratulations to Elvin and Scott. It was, was a wonderful result, a really, really hard-earned result for them. Um, in terms of Rally Croatia itself, you know, what we know, the situation with the WRC calendar right now is it's very much a supply and demand situation. There are fewer slots than there are people wanting to fill those slots. Um, so, you know, we, we come to rallies like Croatia, we leave them and there's speculation almost instantly as to whether we're going to come back. Three years here, three really good, exciting years here. I think it's earned its place on the calendar. Um I'd love it to become you know, one of those rallies that, that we come to every year, one of the mainstays of the calendar. What do you think, boys? Um, you know, for tarmac rallying, for me, it's the ultimate tarmac rallying. It really moves miles away from that predictable tarmac that we've occasionally heard described as boring. How can you describe the World Rally Championship as boring? Well, you could on certain tarmac rallies in the past. Um, and I'm, think, I'm thinking Spain, sadly. This one is a million miles from that. It gives us excitement and drama and tension and unpredictability and all those things. And, George, I, I think it's earned its place. I think, I think it, you know, it's, it's, it's setting a stall out and saying, yep, um, you know, we're, we're deserving. 
I, I would tend to agree 100%, Colin, and, and, and new asphalt events such as the Central, is it Central Europe Rally um, later this year, your Central European Rally, uh, you, you'd have, you know, there's a potential for that to be very bland. I mean, I'm, I'm sure everybody involved with it will, will have selected lovely, great stages. But, you know, who selected those stages? You know, is it people that understand the dynamics of these cars? Um, you know, they're just on the edge of the Alps at one point, you know, when they, when they come down towards and into Austria. So hopefully there'll be lots of weather. Um, but if it's a dry event and they're lovely big wide roads, you know, we, we have the risk of a very, very, um, well, I wouldn't say tedious, but it becomes it becomes slightly processional. Somebody's got the pace. <clears throat> there's less jeopardy, calling your favourite word. There's less jeopardy in, in, in an asphalt event that's clean with well-defined edges where nobody cuts. You know, you would end up with, a, you know, it would be like a race and races bore me. Sorry, guys. Sorry, all the racing fans that are there. I mean, I do enjoy some racing, but it's... Um, it has to be it has to be full on raining and excitement to be for me to be wanting to watch a race um because it does it's a procession you know there's the guy he's got the speed and okay yeah after 30 laps his tires go off and the other guy starts to catch him and yeah and it and, and that gets to be slightly interesting actually it can be quite interesting in, in the end but yeah i mean we're looking for this i mean the the conditions here was you know bone dry perfect conditions today there was still muck and dust and mud all over the road. It was tremendous. You know, and I couldn't believe that on the first stage there was a particular corner uh, where um, I, th I think it was, uh, it must have been, uh, I'm not sure if it was Thierry, was, or whether it was, no, it was Esapeka Lappi that I watched. He, he went right into it, splashed mud all over the windscreen and everything. 150 metres later, there's a left-hander over a narrow bridge with metal railings, and you're just thinking, as as he leans into this, you can just imagine it just sliding out and smacking that railing, and your rally would be over. Um, so you know, I mean, even that, even though there was no actual drama, you're looking at it thinking, oh my god, he can't possibly yeah. get round the corner yeah. at that speed. Even though there was no sliding or anything you could see from the in car footage, the fact that you were watching, he can't possibly turn in at that speed. Oh my god! And of course, round he goes perfectly. Josh, I think that's a really, really interesting point because you know when, whenever I was watching the, the coverage this weekend, particularly the onboards, genuinely you're sitting there with some tension, you know, thinking, you know, this is this is you know this this can't go on like this. They can't possibly be doing this kind of speed on those your know, difficult, narrow, bumpy, muddy stages. Look, you and I walked for a kilometre on one of them after the first pass, and it was phenomenal. It looked like a mud. Uh, section. It looked like Wales Rally GB in places. Um, I, I love it, and I think you're right, George. I think it's down. Uh, an awful lot of credit has to go to, to the route master, to whoever's picking these stages, because you know they could have gone a lot safer. They could have gone uh, you know, a lot wider, a lot smoother tarmac, less topography, less changes in tarmac, and, and, and it, you know, it would have been potentially uh, an easier choice for them. But no, they've gone with these really demanding nagery mountain roads um, which as I say when you're watching them the whole time whoever's driving you're watching and you're watching on edge thinking um, jeopardy everywhere they are incredible stages yeah as, as I say I'm not, I'm not going to repeat a line that got cut out of a video before <laughs> making mockery of myself and I've had team myself up there for a joke no, no, tell us again Luke but, tell us again Luke no, no, as, because you are you are you are you're an experienced one entry rally driver not, not one rally, That's but one it. entry. <laughs> one entry. That's it. Yeah, I might, have made, I might have made a mistake. That can be revealed in due course when I'm feeling braver. But yeah, no, they are incredible, incredible roads. Incredible fans, I say as well. There is always a great atmosphere, particularly our, and I don't know if you listen to Spin the Rally Pod, but our new friend, Alan, who made us a barbecue. Um, well, didn't make us a barbecue. That's probably a bit extreme, but he gave us some of the offerings for the barbecue as we walked after... Uh, Thierry Newville's incident so he, he is a, a new friend of ours we'll be back there next year to spectate with him hopefully uh, if we could if only and that's one of the drawbacks I guess of having this job is you don't get to spectate it's a very small drawback admittedly um, so I'm sounding a little bit spoilt making that comment but yeah I, I definitely agree I think the three years we've had this rally in the championship now it's, it's, it's produced wonders and there were a couple of maybe skeptics when we went there for the first time maybe weren't sure what we're in for but i think if there were any critics of the event they have been answered certainly from a competition and quality of road standpoint they have a bit of everything don't they which is great 
Yeah, that's been fantastic. Fantastic stuff. It, it really has been a great weekend. Uh, George, anything else that you'd like to add? Any other business at the end? Yes, ab absolutely. Absolutely. It would be a brave man that would that would bet against Thierry Neuville for Portugal. But um I would I would I would put a shilling on uh, on Ottanak at the same time because he's only just one car in front there so he's fourth on the road. Well actually third on the road but of course of, of course uh, Seb's not starting there. Um Thierry's fourth on the road, uh, Ott's third on the road. Those two guys, I think, are going to take it by the scruff of its neck. Not to mention, of course, Esa Pekka, but he's he, he he's a bit more of an unknown. But we, we know he's certainly got the pace and he's certainly got the the attitude and the hunger to do it. But if I was advising him and if I was driving that team, I would be asking him to play a safe game again for me in uh, in Portugal, and it would be good for him. He needs to do more of what he did on this rally. And build on that experience, and honestly, I would have them for a, a portion of the rest of the year, building on that, learning that thing. Look at Elfin Evans. Look how he's managed to hone that skill in, and you know that was missing last year, and he worked so hard at getting it in. Essa Pekka, and I, and I love him a bit, so I want him to do the same because I want to see him win again, and I know that if he goes out and tries and wins it in Portugal, I can't help feeling that. He'll, he's still missing a little bit of collateral. Another couple of events, being safe. I may have to eat my words. Nobody would be happier if I had to eat my words on that one. Well, interesting, interesting thoughts. I mean, we'll obviously have a really um, deep look at Portugal uh, in a week or two's time before we get there. But you know, now you brought it up. You know, Luke, you had a very interesting conversation this evening with Pierre-Louis Loubet. Uh, and he's fairly bullish about his chances certainly for podium finish in Portugal. Yeah, his, his minimum target was a top four, and he said maybe a podium. And do you know what? It's actually, when somebody of, of his maybe experience level says things like that, the immediate reaction tends to be, whoa, okay, but why not? Why not? He's been fourth in Sardinia before fourth in Greece. It's the kind of event that will suit him. He has done well on these kinds of rallies, and he will have a good road position on Friday. He... So we're getting maybe two Portugal nuance there, aren't we? I'm thinking about it. But yeah, as I say, Lube, he this weekend I think was probably uh, another learning one for him. There are a couple things that maybe he could have avoided. I think this, the bent steering on Sunday morning was a key example, but there were little things that held him back. But pace-wise, I think he was, again, quietly impressive. He wasn't lighting the timing sheets up, but he was in a good little battle with Takamoto Katsuta, and he had the edge over Taka before issues sort of arose and manifested himself so I think he he is right to take a lot of confidence he, he's always talked about wanting to achieve good things at some point this season and I think Portugal could be that place but we'll save all that for for a few weeks yeah we will plenty plenty discuss with Portugal boys well thank you very much uh, for your joining us this evening on Spin the Rally Pod George and Luke uh, always great to hear your opinions George Luke it's been great to hear your opinions all weekend I've had enough now. Fantastic. Well, thoroughly enjoyed all the coverage. <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed all the coverage. I think you guys should separate for the rest. Are you flying home separately? We are, yeah. Oh, well, no. Colin's, not, Colin's not going home. Colin's oh, going to a completely God. more exhausting location than me. So, yeah, I, me and I'm, Elliot are I'm, sharing a I'm flight home. But... Lovely. Okay. Okay. Then counsel each other deeply. And Colin... Well, I'm going we're... to mention where I'm going, George. I'm going to mention where I'm going because it's going to be a fabulous event. I'm off down to Adelaide for the rally off the heartland that's next weekend so if you're in south australia if you're in adelaide and you fancy a trip up to borough the wonderful kind of it's, it's almost like a what do you call them a, a frontier town but it's beautiful absolutely beautiful uh, looking at world heritage listing would you believe it'll be the first town in australia to get that that is the base for the rally off the heartland next weekend and that's where i'm headed tomorrow george fantastic colin have a very good flight Feel called, mm. feel free to give me a call for counselling because I'm sure Luke's been, <laughs> been, been, been absolutely t tormenting you to death with his youthful <laughs> determination. Not. So you've got, you've got, I mean, just to give the listeners a bit of an idea, you've got Luke, award winning, yeah. of course, but that's, a, that's yeah. a, a bit of levity aside. Very determined, very forthright, very, very focused on delivering X, Y, Z. In, 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 in taking every opportunity. You've got Colin, who knows with absolutely certainty what he wants to do. Yes, it's immovable force meets unstoppable, unstoppable force. Yes, 
It's uh, the fact that you're still George. speaking. I, Sorry? I'm surprised at that. I, I didn't think I, I was think you're very... forthright a character. No, no, you're yeah. not. Well, well, don't, don't, don't. Uh, let, let, let's discuss the meaning of forthright rather than assume that it was something. But uh, forthright is good. <laughs> forthright is good. It's, it's, forthright it's, is very good. Yes, it's absolutely. Good. It's very yes, good. It is. No, no, no. Luke and I have had a, a wonderful weekend. And, and not good. to forget, obviously, Elliot, our wonderful... Wonderfully oh, yes. talented cameraman editor who who is also. But George, I, I do feel because they're they're both quite a bit younger than me. I'm getting on a wee bit these days, uh, and you know what? I've got a couple of kids at home, and when I come out on an event like this with Luke and with Elliot, they are like you know um, sometimes sometimes not in the bad ways with with when you have to shepherd kids, but sometimes it's a <laughs> bit like looking after the kids. It really is, well, and I can't worry. keep up with them. I can't keep up with them. Their conversations. They use words and phrases that you know I have to go away and Google. To work oh, out what they're talking it's, it's about, you, you, you got, you got, you got to stay, you got to stay young and youthful. You got to get all those young buzzwords, you know. I'm doing, well, I'm doing my best, Georgie boy. David Evans will be back with you in Portugal, won't he? So that that's, that sort of balance will be uh, the equilibrium will be balance yes. will be resumed. But <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I just want, to, I just want to, to add quickly, if I can, before we uh, before mm-hmm. we close out as well. Um, just we mentioned the difficulty for for Hyundai with. With Craig's passing, and we know it's it's been a very difficult time for everybody. I think even for me, and I'm not somebody who knew Craig very well, but the the, the sort of events of the last week have, have floored me, maybe more than I even would have expected him to. So I just wanted to say for everybody in the Rowley family, we are all together on this. And there is, as Lappy said, there is no no way to process. Everybody will have their own way. Everybody will deal with it in their own time. Um, I just wanted to add, if anybody did want to reach out to us, we are all here for for each other in this, and I think it will be. I think Scott Martin said to you, Colin, didn't he? I think it's the next few days where maybe now the rally's done that this sort of the reality will sink in a little bit. And yeah, I just I just wanted to reach out and say that if everybody wanted to talk to each other, we should all be together on this. We all have whether we, how, no matter how well we knew, maybe we didn't know him at all. We we all had our own moments, our own memories, our own sort of feelings on on the matter. So I just yeah, I, I, I don't know if it's coming out correctly or not, but I just wanted to say we are all here for each other and we'll never ever forget him. And I think that's that's the key point, isn't it? And this weekend did that. Absolutely. I think it really did. No, it did. It absolutely reinforced that. Uh, yeah, that's a lovely way to end things, Luke. Well done indeed, folks. Uh, thank you very much uh, for listening once again to Spin the Rally Boys.